Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Okay, so last year we ranked the top 15 offensive minds in college football. We figure we got another year of data here. Let's update that list. And Trey, get us started with the 15th ranked offensive mind in our very scientific poll by the three of us. Yeah. One, I just want to remind We're experts, of course. So there's obviously there's no drama with number one. You know, it goes without saying we got Brian Ferentz. So just listen to 15 oh, yeah. two for us. Yes. At least give Thank us you. that. Thank oh, you. yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, number 15, Andy Ludwig, Utah's offensive coordinator. I just, I mean, they, Utah was more known for a strong defense, but the offense has really turned it up a notch the last few years with him there. Uh, with Tyler Huntley, now Cameron Rising, the offense has been very dynamic. They've had some strong running games. He's used the tight ends very well. Um, they, they've ranked in the top 10 and expected points added the last two seasons. And then at, when he was the offensive coordinator at Vanderbilt right before, he fielded their best offense um, in some time, and they haven't been the same since so ludwig is a a good number 15 here for us okay moving on to number 14 a big name uh garrett riley of course now moving on from tcu over to clemson he's their offensive coordinator and i'm i'm kind of happy that we didn't go too overboard with with riley here uh first off sonny dykes gets of course a lot of credit for the smu and now tcu offenses and Riley's first two years at, at SMU, the offenses were solid, but they were basically the same as before he got there. So you can't really take a ton from from that. And then at TCU last year, obviously amazing job, helped them, of course, make the the college football playoff national championship. Um, but you know, and that's why he's in the top fifteen. Like that's a huge amount of respect. But he's not higher because what he inherited at TCU was actually pretty good. Like they were. They were a good offense the year before he got there. They had a ton coming back. They were going to be a very good offense no matter who the OC was. Now I think he made them better, but um, but I think I need to see more before, before I consider him an elite OC, especially going out on his own now, his own offense yep. at Clemson. He'll, he'll have a chance to prove it. If you could turn Clemson around and get them to a top level, then I'll respect that. But yeah, I didn't even have him in my top 15, so you guys were a, a little bit higher even than I was on him. So, But I can see it. I can see it. He's got the potential. Um, all right, number 13. This guy's proven. Warren Ruggiero of Wake Forest's offensive coordinator. Uh, so here's a good stat for you. Wake Forest is the only ACC team to average at least 30 points per game every year since 2017. So just consistently putting up good numbers year after year after year. Um, and during that span, they're seventh in the nation in passing touchdowns nationally. So that's some pretty darn good numbers um, at Wake Forest, mind you. So he's yeah. coached a few good quarterbacks uh, during that time. He's got John Walford, got an amazingly good year out of Walford at the end of his career. Jamie Newman, saying now Sam Hartman. Um, so we'll see if he can keep it going for a fourth guy. But there's no reason to think he won't. they won't keep that going. They've made seven straight bowl games, largely thanks to his offenses. So amazingly good offense coordinator. All right. Number 12, we got Chip Kelly the UCLA head coach, and he makes a return to this list, you know, because of course, back in the Oregon days, he would have been near the top each year, um, you know, his time away. And while getting the Bruins up and going, it almost seemed like kind of the rest of college football caught up or surpassed. But the last couple of years, especially this past year, 
he had Dorian Thompson Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, and the offense was running at a very high level. Uh, they were fourth in the nation with over 500 yards per game, very balanced passing and rushing attacks, um, really started to look like his old Ducks team. So that's why he had to make the the return. Yeah, yeah it is weird to, to, that he's now climbing the list. It's, it's sort yeah. of a resurgence. Because yeah. like you said, the first few years at UCLA were, were not good, but, uh, but it's, it's turned around. Uh, okay, number 11 is Jamie Chadwell, the former Coastal Carolina head coach, uh, now over at Liberty. And, I mean, he had Coastal as one of the 10 or 15 best offenses in college football for a couple years there with, of course, Grayson McCall at quarterback. They've got a unique style, so he definitely gets some some credit there for the ingenuity. Uh, Ran the ball well, efficient through the air. And he did all of that, of course, with not a ton of talent at Coastal. So, uh, I have a feeling at Liberty, you know, in, in a couple years there, they're going to have the best offense in Conference USA because he's just the great offensive coach. That he is. It's fun to watch. All right, moving on to number 10, we have uh, Kendall Bryles going over to be TCU's offensive coordinator now. Um, so Kendall Bryles, his hirings, like whenever he gets hired, his offense is just automatically get better you know when he takes over whether it's at florida atlantic at houston florida state arkansas late the last one it's been a great success um i was especially impressed with the last couple jobs he had at florida state and arkansas power five jobs that you know were not exactly thriving on all cylinders when he got there so to turn them around was great and i think for him a lot of people that don't give him enough credit for is just yeah his offense is good and his rushing attacks are what is awesome for me. It's like they were, Arkansas was top 10 in the country the last two years in rushing yards per game. Um, so to me, that's huge. It's a big bonus. I think for the Horn Frogs going to pay dividends for them to be able to run the ball. Indeed. Number nine, we've got Steve Sarkeesian, Texas's head coach. Um, I'm really curious to know what the, you know, the viewers and listeners think about this just because it could get a little flack because it's Texas. And seemingly every time you put, you know, someone, uh, a Texas guy on the list that they say he's overrated or whatever, but I just, you can't deny Sark's track record. He's done it as a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, head coach, you know, stops at USC, Washington, Alabama. Now Texas led one of the greatest offenses with Mac Jones and Devonte Smith at Alabama a few years ago, um, had a little, some growing pains this year with, with Quinn Ewers, um, but he was battling some some injuries. Uh, still productive offense with Bijan Robinson. Uh, the metrics seem to like them for the most part. And I just still remember those, those last couple of years at Alabama. There's some of the creative ways he was able to get guys like Devontae Smith the ball when everyone knew he was going to get the ball. It's just amazing that he could do that. Um, so he has to be, I think, on on everyone's list. Yep, this will be a, this will be a big year for him. Kind of a prove it year that things sure. should be set up for the offense now. Uh, number eight we have jeff brom who of course purdue head coach but now moving on to louisville and i mean this dates all the way back to to western kentucky his offenses there were incredible and then of course becomes the purdue head coach immediately drastically improved that offense um and they were just consistently one of the four or five best offenses in the big 10 and of course they're you know, ahead of a lot of schools that were, they're getting more talent than them. So credit to him for that. And with the buy-in he has at Louisville, I have a feeling that he could get some pretty good skill talent there. And I, I see their offense, you know, being very, very good. 
He was making Purdue really good without great skill talent. Like he just makes it work. You know, I mean, look at his leading receiver this year, Charlie Jones. I mean, he was doing nothing for his whole career uh, at Buffalo and Iowa. And then just all of a sudden he's leads the nation <laughs> receiving. It's he, like, what? he poops out great receivers. He, exactly. No matter who's on the roster. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, all right. Number seven, we have uh, Phil Longo, uh, Wisconsin's new offensive coordinator. He uh, killed it at Sam Houston State, uh, then led uh, Ole Miss to a top 25 offense um, and then a top 10 offense in his, his two years at Ole Miss. Then in four years in North Carolina, the worst offense that he put out total offense wise uh, was 22nd. Uh, so I think he had a top five in there at 12 and another 12. So just every year was great offense. Um, obviously good at developing quarterbacks. Jordan Ta'amu at Ole Miss had got a lot out of him at the end of his career. Uh, then Sam Howell and Drake May. Uh, Drake May was kind of the surprise. Can he match Sam Howell? Man, he just took it to another level practically. So uh, should dramatically help Wisconsin's offense. That's for certainly one of all the guys on the list that I'm very intrigued to see what is going to happen this year because Wisconsin's offense is not known for what Phil Longo is known for. So we'll, we'll see how that works. Yep. All right. Number six, Sonny Dykes, TCU head coach. And Michael, you kind of laid it out and Ryan, you added to it about, you know, obviously Garrett Riley helped out, but we know most of the framework was from Dykes. Uh, he's obviously got a track record of, of success even before this magical run with uh, Max Duggan and TCU. He's from that Hal mummy and Mike Leach air raid tree you know, he led good offenses back at Cal. He got Jared Goff to be the number one pick. Uh, then SMU was turning out some pretty strong offenses, averaging almost 40 points a game. And then, obviously, this past year at TCU, did did wonders, blending in some transfers and some returning production, had a balanced rushing and passing attack. And it wasn't a total air raid, so he could adapt a little bit. Some of that was, was Riley helping, of course. But uh, he's definitely a, a strong offensive mind. Yep. And we were we were high on him last year as well, and that... I think ended up looking good. I mean, he's got a long track record, so why wouldn't we yeah. be? But number five, Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss head coach. And we all know, of course, what a great job he did uh, when he was at Alabama under Nick Saban. Then at FAU, as their head coach, they, by the time he left there, became the best offense in Conference USA, moves on to Ole Miss, immediately top five offense in the country. And they've been top 20 the past couple of years. Even last year with, you know, kind of, not with inconsistent quarterback play, he was able to lean on the run game with Quinshawn Judkins. And that's kind of, I think what's great about him is he can adjust his offense to the talent he has. And they're, that's the way it was at FAU. He didn't have great QB play, but they were just so good at running. Yeah. So he's, he just, he gets it done. He, he but when he does have a good QB and it's Matt Corral, then it's top five. It's not top 20. It's top five, you know? So, right. All right. Yep. All right. Moving on. Number four, we have uh, Kalen DeBoer, uh, Washington's head coach. Um, going back in his kind of career here as an OC, he helped get Eastern Michigan kind of going under Chris Creighton, who's done a good job there. Um, then he led Fresno State to a top 15 offense, helped Indiana in 2019 to one of the best years ever they've had uh, with Michael Penix and uh, Peyton Ramsey. Actually, they kind of split time that year. Um, then uh, he went back to Fresno State as a head coach uh, and a couple more top 15 offenses there. So he just killed it pretty much everywhere. And then the most impressive thing he did was this past year at Washington. Um, Washington was 110th in total offense in 2021. He he gets them to number two 
and then one year it's just yeah i don't know that off that offense was pathetic like it was so bad it was hard to watch and it wasn't just one year they've been bad for a little while and then one year 180 yard per game difference jump and to number two i mean incredible job it was all right now moving on to number three we've got josh heupel of tennessee and maybe it's a hot take by me but i actually put him at number one um to me i kind of looked at it like this these oh, top you're insane. that was bold well, you're, you're well, captain the insane the way you. i looked at it was these are the top i had the top three i thought they were somewhat interchangeable you guys can you know say i'm wrong but either way Let's skip bayless here's here's my case okay. here's my case oh it's not that dramatic but, <laughs> um you know in a short time with with what people kind of thought was a very tough gig to take He's led Tennessee this past year to the top offense last year in yards and, and points per game. He helped guide Hendon Hooker to extremely efficient seasons. Could have, you know, would have been a Heisman finalist or could have won the Heisman if he didn't get hurt. Um, he was the offensive coordinator for Drew Locke's huge season at Missouri. At Central Florida, he kind of took what Frost had and, and took the offense even a little bit further. His offenses were near the top five in, or they were in the top five in yards and points per game for three straight years. Now the Tennessee offenses have set school records, um, even in the Orange Bowl, playing a backup quarterback. Joe Milton put up big numbers against a good Clemson D. So I know the top two guys, and you guys, everyone knows who they are. I just looked at the the, the point of view that Heupel came in with not as much talent and has really thrived, but he still maybe has yeah. a little bit more work to go, I understand, behind these other two. Yeah, I mean, you can make the case. I think that was a reasonable case to be made but uh just these top two why don't we just put them on the screen because yeah like yeah. you said trey everyone knows who they are it's we had ryan day number two lincoln riley number one i think in my opinion you're kind of splitting hairs between those two um but it's just if you look at whatever uh fpi sp plus offensive numbers over the past seven eight years whatever it is they're pretty much swapping between one and two uh, those those two offenses so it's just there's nothing negative to say really yeah. about the job that those coaches have done. And even like you say, okay, well, um, Lincoln Riley's at Oklahoma, right? They were great when he got there. It was like, not necessarily, not really offensively the year before he got there. Like he elevated them big time. Same with Ryan Day. I looked back at Ohio state's offenses. They were like 20th, 25th, a couple years before he got there. He gets there immediately. Boom. They've been, you know, close to number one, yeah. almost every single year. So, um, I'm kind of making yeah. your case, Ryan. At no, two, but yeah, Ryan just remembering Day, but... those those two programs. Like they obviously had some good offenses, but like those two guys took it to a whole other level. And Lincoln Riley, uh, to me, he's I, I like Day, but I think Lincoln Riley's the clear number one answer here, um, as good as Day's been. But you know, his quarterbacks, Lincoln Riley's, have won three out of the last six Heisman's, um, and Jalen Hurts finished second in one of those other years. So. I mean, if it, it took a Hercules effort from Joe Burrow that year to to take it, the award away from Jalen Hurts, um, so almost four to six. Um, and then there was a few years stretch there back in like sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen, where nobody could even come close to touching OU's offenses. It was like a large gap between OU and then the next, the second place team. Like ten and ten and two were closer than number one and two. So they, he was just potent. And then in his first year at USC, to me, this was just like. I already knew he was good, but to me, this kind of just solidified how good he was taking a four and eight USC team and then turning them around. I know it's we're not we're talking about offensive kind of mind here, but 
He let them, <laughs> it was pretty much exclusively it, because of it, it was pretty much because of the offense. Yes. And fortuitous turnovers defensively, but he produced a Heisman winner in year one from a team that had won four years, four games the, the pro- year prior. Like that, that's unheard of. Uh, that's just incredible. So I think he's the clear number one answer here. Day would be my clear number two. And then after that, it's probably, I'd go, you know, Hypo and I, I'm, I'm high on DeBoer though. I think DeBoer and Hypo are pretty much yeah. neck and neck, but Lincoln Riley, easy number one for me. I don't know if he's easy. I guess he's not easy number one for you, but not for me. I, I think I wouldn't mind either one swapping them. I, I, I also had Riley number one, but but yeah, like I said, I think it's very close. But um, okay, well let's let's show the list here, the full list for the YouTube viewers, and um, let's bring up some some snubs. It's snub time, Trey. Who who was uh, who do you think is, is well, are the best guys left off this list? What's kind of surprising to me is my list ended up being very similar. The 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 15th guy on my list I actually had was Jeff Levy, so not a huge snub. Um he was you know at Oklahoma this year and um and then good offenses at UCF and Ole Miss were were very strong, but the thing that uh surprised me about it was just that when making this list like I could have made a case I think for I don't know 30 guys to make this top 50, yeah, like it yes. was very hard. Um, and so I'm kind of surprised it, it shook out the way it did in terms of my actual list. What about you guys? Michael, you're, did, did we have all your top 15 in or was there one that, who was your? Um, I think I might have been the same in that I might have had Lebby 15th as well. Oh, that's so right. he was okay. the kind of the one guy, um, okay. which is weird. I'm sure our like 16 through 25s would have been way different. We didn't talk about this yeah. at all. So we, we no. came up with no. our list separately. But the top 15 did end up being pretty similar. Not necessarily the order, but the guys that were in yeah. there. Ryan, right. who was your top snub? My 15th top snub was number 15, and it was Mike Denbrock, the offensive coordinator for LSU. Um, okay. did a great job there with transfers and a new new system, new season. That was, that was great. You got Jaden... Uh-oh. Is he frozen no, for you, Trey? pretty dang well. Uh, oh, he, he caught up. But He's back. Okay. There I am. But no, but I think I think what's crazy is um, there's a couple guys, too, that I think I want to see a little bit more, and next year could definitely be on the list. Kenny Dillingham had that great year at yeah. Oregon. Now he's at yeah. Arizona State. Maybe he could validate that. And, and then the other guy, to me, was, um, well, there's a, a handful of guys, but another guy I wanted to point out was Bobby Petrino. He's had a history, Ooh, yeah. but man, like he's really good. But man, if he can make AM's offense improve this year, then you'd have to put him yeah. in, up in the, yeah. the list. He was he was on my my long list, my top thirty list. But I'll yeah. just throw out a bunch of names I had: Mike Norvell, Florida State, uh, Sean Lewis, going from Kent State. Oh, see, I gave uh, Alex Atkins some credit for for Florida State over Norvell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when he was named the offensive coordinator, I know he's not. I think you yeah. know Norvell calls calls the plays but yeah they did take a big jump when he was i guess promoted so he he had a factor yeah. in there too uh you said sean, John, lewis? sean lewis jonathan yeah. smith oregon state oh that's a good uh, one yeah zach kitley texas tech yeah uh I, this I last bring up, year for him just kind of like i'm sure you know a tough year first year at injuries tech, and yeah injuries yeah, there's like, multiple quarterbacks i wanted to put him there of line like i know that he inherited I, so. it was circumstantial for him probably you know i think he can still be really good but yeah you know sometimes you need the jimmies and the joes i gotta bring up andy kotel nicky from kansas i've talked about him on the podcast good before one, yeah. but 
Like they were a legit top 10 offense this year, which at Kansas is insane how quickly he's helped turn them around. So if he can come close to repeating that this year, then I mean, I know he doesn't have much of a track record, but he could quickly vault onto this list. Yeah. Hugh Freeze gets some pretty good offenses going. So yeah. I would, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff Grimes, okay. just what, one, but one year. One year. How about this guy? Baylor. How about this okay. guy? Colin hey, Jeff Grimes. No, that's like, that's Jeff Grimes, year. wasn't he on our list last year? I think Jeff Grimes was on the list last he year. He might have been at probably. the end of the list, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it was just one year that was a little bit not the greatest. But they actually weren't that bad this year. It was, it was all right. No, the off, no, they weren't. Yeah, it was pretty solid. But um, yeah. Yeah. Any other names? We've named a lot. Yeah, you could keep going. There were way Probably more. I don't have my full yeah. list. I probably came up with like 40 names. So anyway, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Let us know in the comments below yeah. who you think the biggest snub was. Uh, thanks for watching this episode of the College Football Bros. Uh, we will be back. Who knows? Maybe in a couple of days if any uh, realignment stuff happens, if any breaking news is out there, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for all that. And we'll see you next time.